all those who are here in the building as well as those who are listening or watching online. Uh, reminder for those who are online, if uh, you could go to always to our website, chapelofthecross.org, you'll find a bulletin there under the resources tab so you can follow along with the service today. Also, there's a give tab there where you can give your offering to the Lord and His church. Just a number of announcements to share with you before we, we uh, begin worship today. Uh, just a reminder, on uh, this Tuesday, November 16th, starting at 2 p.m., and this Thursday, the 18th, starting at 6.30 p.m., there are, there are two grief share events called Surviving the Holidays. We do this every year right around, around this time, uh, an opportunity for you and for others to receive support as perhaps you might mourn the death of a loved one, especially during the holiday time. Uh, and if, if not for you, then perhaps you know somebody that you can share that information with. There's more details in the chapel weekly, so you can get more information there. On the tables in the commons area, you, you saw this last week, hopefully you saw that again today. There's a number of Thanksgiving cards there. If you didn't have a chance to, to sign one of those cards or more, uh, please do so today. We're going to pick those up after services today and then distribute those with some devotional material and some goodies uh, to our homebound members. So if, if you haven't done so already, please take a moment to sign some of those cards and wish our homebound members a blessed Thanksgiving. Chapel's Life Team is preparing for Life Month, which is upcoming, this upcoming January of 2022. One of the fun things that they will do is lead a Guess the Baby contest. So, uh, so what we want you to do is submit a baby photo of yourself, and then the Life Team will, will compile the pictures of those babies and display them during the month of January, and then we'll all try to figure out who is who. Uh, from, our, from our baby pictures. I can't wait to do this. Uh, it's going to be fun seeing y'all as babies. So all the instructions on how to do that is in your chapel weekly. Uh, so check that out. And there is a deadline involved there. So uh, make sure you get your baby picture in before the deadline. Uh, we are once again partnering with Lutheran Family and Children's Services in their Season of Sharing campaign for St. Louis families who are in need. If you would like to help with that, you can pick up one of those Season of Sharing ornaments from that display in the commons area. It's right by the center column in the commons there. You can purchase that item that's on that, on that ornament and then uh, bring it back to church unwrapped and unopened if you could. And there's a, a uh, receiving box in the chapel office. So just place it in the box there. All donations do need to be received back here at chapel by Sunday the 5th of December. And that's a little early, but we need to get those back so then they can be then distributed to those children before Christmas. So thank you very much if you're able to help with that. And please put on your calendar the date and the time of our annual congregational voters meeting. That will take place after the late service on Sunday, the 5th of December. So that'll be around 12.15 or so in the afternoon. Please mark that down and plan to attend our annual, annual voters meeting that day, December 5th. God's blessings to you this day as we begin our worship by singing together our opening hymn, The Day is Surely Drawing Near. We stand to sing it together.
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord, by your bountiful goodness, release us from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our weakness we have brought upon ourselves, that we may stand firm until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. after day every oh pardon me the old testament reading is from the 12th chapter of daniel at that time michael the great prince who protects your people will arise there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then but at that time your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some of some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lave may be made to and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever this is the word of the lord delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely 
I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. is glad, and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Epistle is from the tenth chapter of Hebrews. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider 
how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord.
As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? replied Jesus. Not one stone here will be left on one another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witness to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The end of something often brings either one of two things. It either brings relief or it brings anxiety. Have you noticed that? The end of something often brings either relief or anxiety. So you might feel relief when you think about the end of a long day or the end of a project, the end of a hardship, the end of a sickness, the end of a good meal, the end of a test. Feel relief at those kind of ends. On the other hand, you might feel a little bit anxious at some other kinds of ends, maybe at the end of a medical test as you wait for results, or the end of an interview to see if you will be chosen, at the end of a job when you maybe don't quite know what you're going to be doing next, the end of the life of a loved one, or the end of the world, the end of time. Now, those kind of ends might bring some anxiety. Our gospel reading for today is about the end times. And, and really, you know, hearing and reading about this end is, is a little bit challenging. It's not always easy to talk about the last things. The end of human history is a topic that a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, have a hard time with. And for them, it does not bring relief. Rather, it brings anxiety. And when you read a text from, like this from Mark 13 and others that are kind of like it, you kind of understand why. Listen once again to that gospel reading, Mark 13, beginning at verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, look, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of earth, birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. War? Famine? Earthquakes, persecution, betrayal. You can maybe understand why this end, the end times, might bring about a little bit of anxiety. But that is not Jesus' intention. 
And certainly when we know the whole story of salvation, when we understand the true meaning of the end times for the Christian, for you and for me, this is not something that produces anxiety, but blessed and welcome relief. It all started with kind of a seemingly innocent admiration of how wonderful and magnificent the temple looked in Jerusalem. That, that disciple was not named. He, he made that observation. He wasn't wrong with his observation. By any measure, that temple in Jerusalem, it was just an incredible marvel. It was nine stories tall with walls as thick as 16 feet. Some of those carved stones used in the wall of that temple were over 100 tons. The largest one measured 44 feet long. I brought a yardstick in here last night before church and I measured just kind of the front to get a kind of a sense of what that was. From the end of this pew over here to the end of that pew over there is 40 feet. These stones were 44 feet long, carved, 11 and a half feet tall, 16 and a half feet deep, huge carved stones, marvelous. And Josephus, the historian, he wrote that the plaza, which was covered in gold, when the sun shone on it, it shone so brightly that no one could look at it directly without being momentarily blinded. It was just this architectural marvel. But Jesus was not impressed. These buildings? Oh, don't be taken by these buildings. This temple, which seems so magnificent, which seems so sturdy, so permanent, now one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I don't think we can really imagine how shocking Jesus' statement was for those disciples. That temple, that was the center of Jewish religion. That was the center of their Jewish identity. It almost seemed blasphemous to say something was going to happen to destroy that place. The predicted end of that magnificent structure gave those disciples some major heartburn, some major anxiety. So much so that a little later, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they came to Jesus privately and they asked him about it. See, the disciples thought that the destruction of the temple would be one of those events which would usher in the end times. Matthew records them asking this, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus, give us some clues here. When are these things going to happen? What should we be looking for? What are the signs? They're a little anxious about the end. And those are good questions, aren't they? You know, we, we'd like to know too, wouldn't we? Now, most of us would like those questions answered in as much detail as possible, please. And why? Well, maybe we're a little anxious about the end too. Should we be anxious? Should we be nervous about the end? Absolutely not. Not the Christian. Not the child of God. Not children of the Heavenly Father. That end is a blessing. The return of Jesus is a blessed promise. 
the coming of the Messiah and the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, that is grace. That is good news. That is a great gift for the people of God. You know, we think about this world and the, the, the crippling disease that can invade a healthy life. And you, know, you think about MS or, or Parkinson's or sickle cell or CF or ALS or cancer or Alzheimer's or heart disease or stroke and the list goes on and on and on and on. Or the relationships that are broken. Broken because of strife, because of sin, because of disagreement. People not getting along. People hating each other. Hating each other because of, say, political affiliation or their view on the Second Amendment or their vaccination status or their skin color or the zip code they live in. Hate and broken relationships. Or we think about the unstoppable and brutal reality of death. That, that evil that breaks a family and tears apart plans and friendships and potential. You look at those things, you look at the evil in this world and the terrible things that happen in this world and it's enough for us to cry out to our God and it's enough for us to plead for his presence it's enough for us to plead for his return. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives. Come into our hearts. Come as we deal with the evil and the wickedness and the sin of this life. Come and give us your strength and your comfort. Come, Lord Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm coming. Coming again. And you will know that I am coming when you see the signs. A little bit later in the Gospel of Mark, actually a little later in this chapter, Mark 13, Jesus tells a parable, just a really simple little parable. You almost miss it if you're not looking for it. Jesus says, one, one time there's this tree, and all of a sudden that tree got some green leaves. And that's a sure sign that summer's coming. That was it. That was a parable. And Jesus says, just as the leaves are a sign that summer is coming, so the signs that are present among us are signals that the Christ is coming again. So what are the signs? Well, he gives us a bunch of them in this text. One of the signs that he gave is that there will be false messiahs, false Christs that come. And they will spew forth lies and they will try to pull away God's children and make God's people go astray from the truth. And when you see this, these false messiahs, well then, then you will know, that will be a sign for you that the Son of Man is coming again. Have we seen them? Those false Christs? We have. Gives another sign. He says that there will be war and there will be rumors of war. Has there been war? War hasn't stopped from the very beginning. At some point, somewhere on this globe, a war is going on. 
Some of you have been through some war. Korea, Vietnam, Bosnia, Latin America, Africa, Afghanistan, Iraq. That list goes on and on. There are wars and there's rumors of war. And when you see that happening, Jesus says, then you will know that will be a sign for you. The Son of Man is coming again. And there's going to be famine. Famine in the land. It's another sign, Jesus says. That's a sign that the Son of Man is on his return. And there will be earthquakes, he says. guess we don't get a whole lot of earthquakes here in Missouri, but I lived in California for almost seven years. We had a report in our newspaper. You open up the newspaper and there every day was where all the earthquakes were in the state of California. And there was a lot of them. And most of them you didn't feel. But every once in a while, you got a wiggler. And Jesus said, hey, that's a sign. You feel that? That's a sign that Jesus will return. And not only will you see false messiahs and wars and rumors of wars and famine and feeling those earthquakes, but you will also be persecuted for your faith. Today, thousands upon thousands are persecuted because they believe in Jesus. Thousands are persecuted just because they profess that Jesus Christ is their Savior. Over a million Christians were martyred, killed worldwide between the years 2000 and 2010. In those 10 years, over 1 million Christians were killed because they believed. 322 Christians are killed for their faith every single month. 214 churches are destroyed every single month. And that's a sign, Jesus says. And it's right in the midst of all of these things that Jesus places and he plants his church. Right in the midst of all of these things, he places and he plants you in order to bear witness to the truth. In the midst of the devil's lies, in the midst of the world's anxiety, the Lord puts us, he plants us, he places us as faithful witnesses of the signs of his coming and what those signs mean. Signs go on and on. The signs are clear. They're all there. The signs say that we are living in the end times right now. And the signs all point to the fact that the Son of Man is coming again. And what a beautiful day that will be. That is not a threat for the God's people. For the Christian, there is nothing anxiety-inducing about that. Christ's coming is always a joy. Christ's coming is always a victory celebration. He's the one who brings peace. He's the one who brings comfort. And he's the one who saves his people. He will come and he will interrupt all our wars. He will come and he will end all our famines. He will come and he will disrupt disasters. He will come and he will put an end to sickness and pain and sorrow and mourning and death. In the meantime, he still comes. 
He comes into our lives and he pours out his love and his forgiveness. He pours out his grace and his mercy with baptism, with communion, with the word, with blessing upon blessing. And he promises that for the child of God, he won't bring anxiety. But the end that he will usher in will bring divine, blessed, grace-filled relief. Our Savior, he's pointed us to the signs. And in the midst of the signs of the end times, those dreadful things that go on day after day, our Lord, he's still working powerfully, forgiving sins, giving life, bestowing salvation, equipping his dear children to be his witnesses in this broken world. We are witnesses to this broken world. We are witnesses to the fact that the battle has been won. We are witnesses to, to, for the fact that his promises are absolutely sure. And we share that gospel so that more and more might be saved from sin and death. I'm coming, he says. And that is cause for joy and celebration and relief. I'm coming, he says. And his people respond, oh, even so, Lord, come quickly. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. That's printed for you on page 11 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Greater God, we praise you for your goodness and for your faithfulness. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And these last days show us and all people your great love. As you want all to have an opportunity to turn to you, stir us to greater passion to share with others who you are and what you have done in our world and in our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, bless the reading, the study, the hearing, and the teaching of your word. Deepen our faith and conform us to your will so that we do not follow the desires of our sinful nature and dishonor you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect our people and our country, O Lord. Grant wisdom and strength to our President, Joe Biden, and all others in positions of authority in our country. Grant that all the rulers of the earth seek peace and prevent war and govern with wisdom and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we ask that you strengthen the lonely, the sick, the needy, the heartbroken, and the hurting among us. We especially remember this day those in need of your healing touch, including Marilyn Kester, Tom Hetrick, and Tammy Bushman. Gracious Lord, give them and us hope in your coming and the eternal joy that will be ours in your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, grant your love and your comfort to those who mourn the loss of loved ones. Today, we especially remember Diane Schwede and her family upon the death of her brother, Roger Hocking, this past Monday. Give them the peace only that only you can give, that peace that passes all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our veterans, especially as a nation we celebrated Veterans Day this past week. O oh God, receive our thanks for those who have served their nation faithfully and loyally. Most of all, we give you thanks for providing protection and safety to these soldiers of past conflicts and wars. And we pray your divine protection on all who currently serve in our armed forces. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And to your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Oh, Lord. 
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body of Christ Jesus, even into death for the forgiveness of all of your sin. We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.